Coming up in today's episode, we are going to talk about all things character animation, but Mm. more specifically, how characters can impact production costs, Mm. right? Big question. Mm -hmm. We'll go a little bit deeper into how character animation is made to begin with and what changes impact your bottom line. Big question. Bottom dollars. We're also going to ask some important questions like, what do you call that handle that puppeteers use? Oh, that thing? Yeah. uh, What's it? On the marionette? On the Stick around and find out. Mm. I was going to say F around and find out. <laughs> Fuck around and find, find out. out. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. My name is Catherine. My name is Will. And this is Behind the Pixel. It's an open pixel podcast where we bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. That's a fantastic delivery. You're, I'm, I'm getting a little spicy yeah, with it. Yeah, that is spicy. <laughs> that is very spicy. Yeah, not really related to spice, but you know who buys the most creative content? Who buys the most creative content? InSync. They just buy, buy, buy all day. Buy, 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 buy. Yeah, well, you know. In this 98 degree weather, if you're uh, going to the back streets and you're ready to buy creative content from those new kids on the block, Ooh. I think we got your covered uh, for the topic today. <laughs> you like that? You like that? I do. I do. Does that cover all of them? Or I don't there... think so. Okay. Let there's us know your be, favorite boy band in the comments <laughs> down below. <laughs> you know who I used to listen to, boy band, a long time ago? Uh, new Edition. I still listen oh, to them. New Edition. Yeah. They're yeah. the, the, the African American boy group. Original. Boys to Men? Boys to Men actually, I think, was formed after New Edition. Really? I think. Don't quote me on that. We got to um, look at this. <laughs> K pop bands now have up to like 12 people. K pop is crazy. It's so great. I love it. It's love like it. boy bands to scale. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. All right. Well, so clearly we're on a totally different tangent no, yeah. today. <laughs> uh, today's topic I am personally very excited about mm. as the resident character animator in our group. Yeah, Because today is all about understanding character animation costs. And these are four projects that are dealing with character animation. Just want to make that perfectly clear, just in case that wasn't. And we're going to talk about how those different requests for these characters can affect the cost both before and during the production. So hopefully this will help you to make, you know, better projects with really awesome characters. Yeah. But we always start by talking about the problem that we see within both sides of the stealing, here. stealing from uh, John Stewart a little bit, a little bit, yeah. It's one of my one of our one of our heroes. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the problem that happens within character animation projects. Yeah, so character animation is arguably, depending on who you ask, <laughs> the longest and most time-consuming part of the animation process. Definitely, um, the production workflow in animation. Uh, you, usually, it typically requires more steps more stages to complete and you need to see the characters at multiple stages within the workflow so that you can progress forward. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about workflow in one of those last episodes. I think it was episode three. We talked about the whole production workflow, at least here, very different in different places, but, but Uh, for the most part, I think we're, we're, it's safe to say that everyone has these kinds of stages. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest problems that we see is that there's a disconnect in understanding how much work goes into bringing those characters to life and how exactly that translates into costs uh, in the future. So before we get into deeply, why don't we define some terms so that we're not just throwing around terms all willy nilly 
and uh, making you more lost and more confused than you started. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, because ultimately when we're thinking about character animation as a whole, there are really three major or distinctive roles that go into the process of making a character move yeah. overall. And and I, I should yeah. specify that these three roles can be thought of as the function. Sometimes you can have a whole department that will include a bunch of these same roles in one department. That's so, true. You know, depending <laughs> yeah, on your you scale. Yeah, you have multiple of the same type of role yeah. for sure. Right. So the very first role we're going to be talking about is a character designer. Mm-hmm. Um, the name might be pretty straightforward, but it's basically an artist who is creating ultimately the look and feel of your character or your multiple characters throughout your piece. And so this person takes into account a lot of different things that you might not consider at the time when you're designing. So the silhouette of the character, the shapes, the colors, the textures, or any design that's going to accentuate sort of the emotion behind the character or its personality, anything that might connect to your audience. That's something to keep in mind here. We're going to kind of talk about that throughout today. But if you're selling glasses, as an example, whether they're regular glasses on your face or sunglasses on your head, who knows who would wear both at the same time? <laughs> I don't think I know anyone who does that. No, no. neither. Yeah. <laughs> but you want your character to potentially also wear glasses if that's the target audience that you're going for. Yeah. But you can think about this even more deeply, right? Because who is that character? Is that character a librarian? Are you selling glasses to athletes who might not typically wear glasses? Right. Like, what is what is your audience? Are you targeting cool nerds like us? Right. Like, <laughs> what do we look like? Uh, <laughs> a designer is going to take those specific questions that they ask into account to figure out what that overall look will be based on your target audience, yeah. for sure. So why don't you tell us about the next role? So the next term that we're going to use throughout our conversation is a term that's important to wrap your head around when a character is not going to be hand-drawn, not frame-by-frame animation. Yeah, if you think about old Disney movies, like a lot of times if you wanted a character to animate, you know, you start with a a drawing of the character smiling and then you have another drawing that shows it frowning and and all the drawings in between that, but every time it's a brand new drawing. Yeah, Yeah. we're talking not about that kind of character. so put that idea but aside I, for a idea second. That idea for a side. That's the tools <laughs> that we have have scaled the productions in such a way. There are tools out there that allow you to create a character and then have the elements that you've created be animated over time that you don't have to draw every frame. Right. That's basically the idea there. And in order for that to happen, you need this kind of role. It's called a character rigging artist. Tell me um, more. <laughs> so this is a person who sets up a character technically to create the controls for an animator so that an animator will eventually use them to do their job effectively, mm-hmm. right? So this person takes into account the design, the the character's technical structure, and sets sort of its capabilities and limitations for that character. Right. In a way, they decide the character's physical abilities, yeah, right? So they're, they very, can do. they're yeah. very intertwined in that way. Mm-hmm. So here's an example. If the character needs to be anatomically correct, you know, mm-hmm. like a human being, mm-hmm. the rigging artist might create limitations around how far a limb might be able to move or stretch or bend or rotate. Or squash. Or squash. And stretch. And as you've just learned an animation principle. Congratulations. <laughs> Gold yeah. stars for Squash everyone. and stretch. Very different from my limitations. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we like... This might be a good time. You know, they do this sometimes in, um, in productions as well where mm-hmm. people will take 
like stretch breaks. Oh, so like yoga breaks. Quick, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we'll try to like bend our own limitations. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I've I've stopped doing yoga. Really? Entirely. Yeah. I only exclusively do broga. What? That's uh, <laughs> broga. It's bro yoga. Yoga for bros. Yoga for bros. <laughs> it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Look at it. Is it really? It's absolutely a real thing. Oh my yeah. goodness. There's it's a fantastic. niche for everything. <laughs> I didn't realize that it existed. I thought you were joking. Right. That's amazing. I mean, you do you. Live your best life. Uh, bro. But- <laughs> thank, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I've got your back, bro. All right. So you understand there's a character rigging artist. There's a designer prior to that. But once the character is rigged, then you move on to the final role that is the character animator. The role I love so dearly. (laughs) Basically, character animation is a specialized part of the animation process, and it involves really just bringing characters to life through motion. You can kind of think about it like characters are similar to actors. They're just behind the screen instead of in front. They're thinking about how to breathe life into their characters, how to create the illusion of thought or feeling or personality. And I want to acknowledge that This is sometimes different than another specialty, which is called creature animation. Same thing where you're bringing personality, but whether you're doing that to a character that has two limbs or eight or four, (laughs) anything that way, usually that's considered creature animation. And it involves bringing animals and creatures to life. So you might see that in things like, you know, Game of Thrones or like anytime you see a dragon on screen, typically that's a creature animator Mm -hmm. and they have... Usually that's happening within the VFX industry primarily, but it can happen in lots of other places. So just to note, there are different specialties there. Regardless, these three roles are very important. And when you're making animated content for marketing purposes specifically, there can definitely be individuals who have the ability to perform all three of these roles. Yeah. We've seen it with freelancers that we've worked with yeah, even sometimes. within ourselves. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you have one person who designs a character, can rig it, and then animate it like all the way through the pipeline. All the way through, yeah. yeah. It depends on the limitation of style, right? Yeah. Something to note here is that not everyone who works in the animation production can actually animate characters. It's just really important to know that a combination of these roles is the thing that needs to be incorporated into your workflow whenever you consider bringing character animation into a project. So know that those three roles need to happen so that animation regardless, can be done. Yeah, regardless yeah. of any kind of production, if you have a character, if it's a creature, if it's a humanoid, yeah. you will need these, these, three, <laughs> these three steps, these three roles will need to be fulfilled by someone. Now, or you might say, people. well, how is technology changing this? And we <laughs> do want to answer that question for yeah. you. It does affect the roles in slightly different ways, but we're going to cover that in a hack. So. Stay tuned for that. Keep that question aside yeah. at the moment. I think there's a new AI button that basically you just press. It's online mm-hmm. and it animates your whole project in it just yeah, it's just <laughs> single click animation. Please don't tell me that. Um, I think that Please now don't exists. tell me that Pretty exists. Sure. I'm not it's ready. Like $10 a month, you just animate. Oh, it's a subscription. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, well, while we still have our jobs <laughs> before this AI takeover, mm. um, as always, we're going to assign some roles. So we're going to talk about this problem through the lens of a marketing communication professional and through a creative. Yeah. Uh, so, Will, do you want to start with the marketer side? Yeah. So as a marketer or a communications professional, someone who's thinking about marketing a particular product or service, the idea is to show the product or service as the hero of the story, right? We always want to show the product or service as the hero. And the characters should all match sort of my personas 
from the people who I'm trying to target. So mm -hmm. it, 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 that's the campaign strategy we usually recommend. If you're going to tell a character story through animation, you want your product to be the hero and you want your characters to be the personas of the people who you're targeting. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure maybe where to start in that process, right? Or how those characters will convey that story effectively. It's an idea at mm -hmm. that point, right? I'm in the ideation phase of my of my own process. Which is a fun place to be. Yeah, and I maybe I start grabbing other people and coming up with meetings and talking about this stuff. And one member of my team maybe suggests having groups of characters. Oh, we should have a bunch of characters. Mm -hmm. Like, we have so many personas. Or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe we want to represent the full spectrum of our target audience. Another person might suggest, like, having the main character talk as if they, as if one's narrating back and forth and having a conversation. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of ideas floating around, yeah. but I'm not sure how many of them we can actually implement. That's fair. That's and, a fair question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and at the moment, if you've had experience with character animation before, you might not know how complex your idea is. I don't know maybe how much time I need, right? I know I have a deadline. That's probably the case. I probably have a yearly budget that I have to calculate my spend on. So I probably know what I want to spend but I'm not sure how much I can get for that amount of money. Right. If I don't sort of connect that gap, bridge that gap, I might not see my vision realized. Right. You really hate yeah, to see it. You do. I mean, sometimes I really wonder if I have the vision to see my Jarvis project through. Wow. <laughs> wow. WandaVision was a great show. <laughs> WandaVision <laughs> was a great show. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on <sighs> yes shout right. out to that show it's a very good show definitely <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of my marketer's perspective right now what's the creative perspective yeah so if we're thinking about that same moment in time right you're coming to me with your idea for the project that you have and you might have already come up with the script and at the most basic level you've you've probably at least presented your team's ideas you've brought it out on the table and it's really explaining what outcomes that you want to see and maybe what should happen within the story, which all sounds great and exciting and, you know, can't wait to get started. Yeah. And as you're going through it during that meeting, I start to get a little little bug eyed almost <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, we're, you know, we're talking really extensively about the content of your piece, which is wonderful. So we might start to ask questions about the characters, the visual and motion styles we've covered that a little bit already but splitting we, those up we see those yeah. as two different things and at least in our perspective but we'll talk about your audience and your goals to kind of get a better sense of what you're looking for and midway through that meeting that's where i start to notice that like i know your character ideas are are very complex and the biggest challenge there is that the time frame that you've allotted for us to actually complete that is not doable. <laughs> yeah, 99% of the time, I think that's the case in our experience. Yeah, it's usually just too short to be able to get too all your ideas be, on the table. Yeah. And so there might be this sort of misalignment that's happening between your budget and the cost of that ask that you're asking for. Yeah. And in some cases, you know, sometimes you might not even tell us your budget for any reason that you might have. But what happens is at the end of that meeting, I'm left feeling pretty terrible because I, I already know right away that I'm going to have to be the one to like, push back on your creative ideas and at a point where we're in the ideation phase like i want to be able to support that as much as right. possible so oh i hate i hate when that happens yeah i think it's like um it's like when you have to like confront your child and say like look the fishy has to be flushed down the toilet oh now. no <laughs> 
no, little Georgie. You've <laughs> named my metaphorical fish. Of course. <laughs> yeah, you well, hate to see it, yeah, for sure. It. But ultimately, right, the, the idea here is that I want to help create the best story that I possibly can. Right. And so I start to think about how can I, as a creative, give you the information that you need to be able to work within the confines of your budget and your time in a way that you're not feeling lost about the process. Yeah. And instead, you know, we all come out of that meeting feeling actually pretty confident that we can do the work within the time, within the budget, and it's still going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And without sacrificing the idea of a character, yeah, like, there's yeah. definitely different ways. And we're going to cover this in a hack, mm -hmm. but there's different ways to attack character animation in such a way that it is actually doable for your budget. It's yes. just you have to kind of approach it in a different way, depending on what you're trying to do. Yeah. So yeah. a question comes up here of like, how can we figure this out together? Like, what what do we need to do? Can you maybe you can start providing a couple different like solutions around how to solve this problem. Yeah. So again, this is from our experience mm -hmm. in the past doing a bunch of these types of projects. So if you've never done this before, obviously, number one, you want to understand your goals. You want to think about your audience and you want to clarify the purpose of utilizing characters, right? Are you trying to educate, sell, entertain? Back to those three questions. I think we talked about that in our very first episode. Yeah, combo number five for those who Or a combination. Remember. Yeah, combo number five. <laughs> Who's the target audience? Who are we targeting and why? Obviously, you want to communicate that as clearly as possible to a creative team, but you also want to have that in the back of your head of like, what do they look like? What is their design? Are they relatable speaking, to your audience? That's, exactly. That's so huge. It's, yeah. We, it's worth repeating. <laughs> and then another part is like, why this character, mm. right? What do they look like? What are their traits? How do they behave? What is their essence? Mm -hmm. And you can do that through customer interviews. You could do that through so surveys. You know, you could do that in all kinds of ways. But you really want to have a sense of who that character in the end is going to be. Yeah, just like writing any yeah. good story. <laughs> I've, I've seen some questions around branding and marketing saying like, describe your target audience as like a famous character or mm -hmm. a famous mm -hmm. person. Who would that person be? And then that would give you sort of a sense of well, who that kind person of in might. the same way of yeah. making a story where you're like, oh, it's like Steven Universe meets like Breaking Bad, which that would be an interesting story. Mm. <laughs> but okay. yeah, it's yeah. it's like okay, I see it. I combine see it. like two different characters together. I see that Steven might Universe help. doing a little bit of math or something. <laughs> no, don't do that. Cooking meth in a very safe <laughs> no, environment. No, you already got canceled. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's it's the idea of like you could probably do that with characters too. Like, what does this? Does this remind you of a famous actor like right. or a famous story or something of that right. nature? Yeah. So, okay. So those are those are the basics you need to know for before that's the right production. That's right before. Yeah. That's yeah. Bef if, if you've never done it before. All right. Well, know. so that's nice to know. <laughs> um, but what if I have those answers already and I'm you know, ready to jump into a production. Yeah. So let's talk about production workflow. What what should I know as a marketer from the character perspective, from the character animation side? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> One thing to know is that character animation really requires each character to be designed, to set up through rigging, and then to be animated, right? Those three roles that we talked about earlier. These three production stages are what's going to drive your production cost for character animation. And it's important to know kind of the reason why we go through these steps. So the reason why we design characters to begin with is to determine that look and feel to make them relatable to your audience based on your goals. We're going to establish how they behave, not only within themselves, but within the world that we're creating. If we're yeah. setting up scenes of, of any kind of nature, if they jump between different environments, all of that has to be taken into account. 
and we're establishing any design rules for the animators to work off of. Can the characters extend past the point of their physical limitations on their body? Yeah. <laughs> or are they confined to those proportions? Another part of this that I really want to dig into that's I think is really important is that you can expand what your definition of a character is mm. for character animation. Like a like an emu. Right. It can be an <laughs> emu, but characters don't need to have head or arms or limbs or limbs anything, yeah. or yeah. Or anything like that to even be considered a character. So True. an example of that is like inanimate objects like pens and pencils that start to move and come to life. Yeah, or just shapes, squares and circles. Like anything that's abstract can be taken on to have personality, to have motion, to behave in a particular way. So just don't necessarily think about like anytime you're like, oh, I have to add characters. It has to be people because it doesn't. Right. It can be so many different things. Ultimately here, the creative and the communication professional should work together to define what a character is going to be in that particular moment. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. So the last thing here is that, again, the reason behind all of this, the reason why we need to rig the character is because animators can't just move a character on screen what? magically. <laughs> you can't As, just move it? You can't just move Are it. Are you kidding me? They usually need these things called controls, and rigging is the act of setting up those controls to be able to move. Right. So once a rigging artist knows the creative boundaries that they're working within, they can set up the character to be able to bend or deform or to stay or to even like limit their motion right. uh, and give the animators the proper controls to make that move. It's really like if you think about in physical world, like the animator is almost like a puppeteer mm. or like like dealing with like marionettes and things. And rigging is the the strings and the like mm. device that's holding uh, that they're holding in their hand to yeah. move those puppets. Yeah. Um, the, um, the cross brace. That's what it's called. It's called a cross brace. Oh, I didn't it's know a that. thing that you hold. Is that true? Uh, yeah. I think so. Okay. It's a cross uh -huh. and it's braced to the puppet. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm giving you sure. sussy eyes now because I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. If there's any puppeteers out there, let us know what it's probably called. I'm pretty called. sure it's a cross it brace. Could, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Im imagine yeah. that though. That's, yeah. So you got to you gotta like, you, if you were thinking about it, you're like putting the strings on the puppet, putting Just it Just like that sync the... music video. Oh bye, bye, bye. I'm God. bringing it back, baby. Bringing it back. Yes. You were absolutely yes. right. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you were going to, you know, puppeteer JT, yeah. you need yeah. to do the whole rig that moves Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah, good call. Good <laughs> Thank call. You. So I've decided to incorporate characters in my project That's as a great. communication professional. That's yeah. it. I've, I've, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm taking the leap of faith. Here I go. Mm -hmm. What things might I want to keep in mind? Yeah, that's a fair question. So something in the, the sort of commercial advertising marketing world that, that we deal with a lot is the idea that characters should be a complement and a support instead of a distraction. Mm. You can kind of think about it like if you're putting a character next to some data or some impact that you want to show on screen or mm. some text, mm -hmm. uh, if you have that character dancing around getting hyped like doing <laughs> for some reason like they're really pumped about this data okay right, right. if you're having that then ultimately mm -hmm. the place where people are going to look is at the character and not the data <laughs> and the data is the thing that you want them to right. absorb right, right. you want to drive the drive the viewer's eye yeah obviously. yeah because yeah. motion creates attention so creatives should really be strategic about mm. where the character is being placed how it's going to move in certain scenes and why it's going to move 
either more or less in particular yeah. instances. There are some things you can ask yourself in either the script stage or even before you get into this full production that we're getting into. A question you can consider is like, does this section of the video even need a character, right? Oftentimes mm -hmm. we find a lot where it'll be like, oh, let's throw in the character here. Let's right. throw in the character there for like the sake of it rather than understanding like yeah. what is the message that needs to be delivered at that moment? Yeah, that happens a lot. Does the character need to be there? It happens a lot when you want to talk about like diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Let's just throw everyone Every over character. there. Yeah, yes. and it's like, okay, well, that's 50 characters that you've given <laughs> us. That's mm -hmm. a whole lot more work that we're that we're dealing with. Yeah. Right, right. And you can be so much more intentional about yeah. why each character is showing up in I think in it's, it's better to have one character that represents your persona rather than like 50 characters that kind of miss the mark a little bit mm -hmm. you know like yeah something so. to be really clear about there yeah so again is it supporting in this moment or is it distracting from the overall piece or the message yeah. you're trying to share and if you're going to use multiple characters let's say it is important to have those 50 characters in another question you can ask is do they all need to move <laughs> right. can we be static in some ways and just show the main right. characters moving so Lots of things to consider. And I think these are a good question to start from, but we've mm -hmm. given a lot of information already and we haven't gotten to probably the big question everybody's been asking. Money, 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 the money. money question, the money, money, money. Oh boy. <laughs> <coughs> oh my Would you God. like some water? <laughs> Jesus. I don't know where that came from. How, tell me, Will, how does all of this relate to production costs yes. for characters? That's, that's the question, right? If we're talking about costs, yeah. what does this mean? Yeah, so... I think in our experience, most of the production problems that we've seen, and not just in our space, but in other places, the problems come from the misunderstanding around scope after a project's already begun. The scope right. change is in the middle of a project, scope almost always. Scope change, yeah. so real. <laughs> yeah, so it's safe to say that obviously added labor will increase your costs. So here are some requests. I'm going to give you a list of requests mm -hmm. that can change the scope drastically when it comes to character animation within production. Right. These are things that sometimes yeah. happen in, in our productions yeah. that that we have to then say, okay, this that's is going to that's this a scope change. Cost, yeah. <laughs> it's either going to cost more, the scope changes, or we yeah. got to pivot or rethink things. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we'll like give you suggestions on what to do differently. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, adding additional unique characters. Mm -hmm. So these are entirely new. We need to add these many characters. So depending on the amount of characters, it increases the amount of time required to produce those characters. Always. We'd multiply that amount of production time by every one character that you need. Every single character, again, requires those three steps that we talked about a little earlier. We need to design them, we need to rig them, and then we need to animate them. Yep. Um, so that depends on how many new characters you want. Mm -hmm. The caveat here in this particular one is that when you ask about duplicating existing characters and changing their appearance, it may have different implications depending on style choices, workflow, how things have been set up. There are so many different ways to tackle it that I don't want to lead you down the wrong path unless we yeah. have a very unique and specific example. Right. So, so it's fair to know. say you can ask at that at that time of production, like, oh, if we just you know yeah. made this other character, how would that? Yeah, how much a lot time of would that take? a lot of people try to cut costs by saying, hey, can we just take this character, duplicate them, and then change, put a hat on them, change the color of the skin tone. Right. Uh, so add some extra tell stuff. me another way. That's that's yes, one big. That's one, <laughs> one big one. Number. Two is updating the story to include your character in new scenes, new shots. You have a character. Uh, this is your hero character. It's your main character. Mm -hmm. And now you want to add that character to multiple scenes. Right. You've already written the script. You've already approved maybe Correct. what shots were going to be have characters and not have characters. Yep. 
And then you look at the storyboard maybe and you're like, well, let's just throw him in here. Yeah. Yeah, just throw him in. I feel like it would be great (laughs) if we had Bobby. Let's just say Bobby is our character. Bobby, Bobby's going to be right here. Bobby's going to be over Mm -hmm. here. Can we add more Bobby? No. Uh, (laughs) Can we add add more more Bobby? Bobby? No. No. (laughs) Uh, Poor Bobby. We can. We can add more Bobby. It's just just a change of scope, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's especially true if it doesn't move the story forward. Right. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 So, like, having a character wave to the camera is nice, right? But- but does it actually help reinforce <laughs> your message or your story? Um, I'm waving. Generally, this this adds animation time, but it might not actually add any more value to the actual shot. You want the shot to add to be the most valuable it can be by doing what it's supposed to do Maximum in the shot. Maximum value. Right. So if we wanted to, we could put that character in, right? Mm-hmm. But this means we'll need to redo the layout stage. Remember, we talked about that in the uh, earlier episodes. Oh, yeah. Redo the layout for that section and then we need to reanimate that particular shot. We need mm-hmm. to add a new shot. So depending on the ask, it could get out of hand very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah. So really think about does it does it move the story forward? Mm-hmm. Is it necessary for this character to be here if the point of the shot has nothing to do with them? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just need text. That's okay. Well, yeah. You could do it other ways. Yeah. There's so there's many ways. so many ways. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, give us the last one. The last one here is, if you have to change your character's design after a certain point in production, right? Oh. We talked about those three, <laughs> talked oh, about those hurts, three yeah. roles. Yeah, so character design, character rigging, character animation. Those mm-hmm. three have to be in that sequence. Otherwise, it doesn't work. You mm-hmm. can't rig a character before it's designed. You can't animate a character before it's rigged. You just can't do it. So, if I animate a character for 40 hours, and then you tell me that the entire design Can of the character- Can you add a satchel? Let's <laughs> just add a satchel to this. There's so many different types of scenarios. Well, yeah. if you want to design the, redesign the character altogether, right. like, boy, is that is that tough? Yeah. That's, that's a hard blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is typically what we would consider a big design change, so yes. keep that in mind. Depending on the tools you're using, the setup of the character, and your desired changes, this is going to affect everything so you might need to redo the rigging Mm -hmm. for the animation for the newly designed character and it adds not only design time but it also adds rigging and animation time so it's kind of that that time gets compounded (laughs) by three (laughs) by three depending on the type of change you're talking about Mm -hmm. so know that there's a big debate huge debate about what's a small design change and what's a big design change okay honestly they're so situational they're very hard to predict that we can't tell you necessarily uh right now well um but i, I kind of want to go off of that a little you bit you want to try it yeah i want to okay. i we can kind of think about this like a almost like a lightning round lightning round yeah yeah we have like i'll give you maybe some situations and you tell me whether or not they're a small change Ooh, or this a is big fun change. okay yeah like yeah. a little quiz there's Let's no there's no prize but no prize yeah <laughs> It's a waste of my time. What am I doing here? There are no prizes on this show. Maybe, maybe uh, if you, the audience, guess, we also don't have any prize, but you can just tell us that you did it and we'll be proud of you. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me, let me give you them here. So right. pretend I'm the client in this situation, okay. right? Got it. I would like to change the color of the clothing on this 3D character. Totally fine. Small change. Really? Yes. Okay. That's well, cool. okay. So- if you're rendering in real time using something like Unreal Engine or Unity, mm-hmm. a color change, very, very small. Right. Okay, um, cool. Small design change. Great. If you're rendering traditional rendering, 
depending on how many shots you have, that's a lot of rendering for traditional uh, purposes. <laughs> all right, this so. is not a lightning round. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's that's fine. But I just want to make sure that we I've covered all my bases. Right. I did I, say yeah, 3D characters. You did see so. 3D. So. It's good to know. Yeah. yeah. All right. What if I want to, let's say, duplicate a 2D character like okay. we were talking about before? Maybe I want to change out the skin tone okay. and maybe add like a really sweet hat. Okay. And yeah, what would that be? Uh, that, that in 2D, that's mm -hmm. a small change, I okay. think. But do you want the animation to be different? Oh. You've duplicated the character. You've changed the skin tone. You've added a hat. I'm assuming yeah, that tells that me that you want to high five the other character. So, oh yeah, that's a big change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Now okay. we're adding animation mm. and the rigging. So you'll save the rig because it's the same character, mm -hmm. but you will have, you'll have well, to you animate have to that rig second. The hat, though too. Uh, yeah. Depends on how much but rigging a, rigging a hat is like not that, not Depends. that big of a deal. Depends. In 2D? <laughs> no way. Totally fine. Small change. Tell us your most complicated hat rig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to add a second character to a scene. Okay. To have them interact with the first character that you've already animated. I want to add a second character to a scene. Yeah. And have them interact with the first character that I've already animated. Correct. Big change. Why? Because I have to change the animation on the character that's already animated mm -hmm. and I have to rig, design, and animate another character in the scene. Right. It's a right. new it's a brand new brand new character. Yeah. Okay. Big change. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh okay. I want to make a crowd okay. of 2D characters, Yep. right? Uh, but they're in the background, okay. and they're using the same animation that the main character is using. So yep. I'm basically going to like almost like copy-paste the right. animation from the main character and put it onto the crowd. Okay. Yeah, that's a small change, but it's going to look pretty terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Well, so let me just go through it. So mm -hmm. you have a 2D cycle. Usually if it's a crowd, mm -hmm. you're going to have cycles to the crowd, depending on what you're doing. If it's in 2D, you're going to use that same cycle. You're going to offset it a bunch of times mm -hmm. across many different copies. And if it's in the background, you're probably going to have some sort of depth pass or something like that that's going to like, you know, make some invisible or some hide some. And it's it's gonna look repeated like repeated right. you know it's, a, it's a repeated the pattern same motion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 humans okay. are really good at figuring out patterns and like <laughs> looking and seeing patterns very easily and so your humanistic eye will be like would it that person is doing the same thing as that person like it's gonna look exactly the same right so you're right. like oh okay. but if it's a short shot it might not matter it's a small shot it's like eh. that's fair yeah okay okay all right last one last one okay um I want to change this part of a scene okay. so that instead of only seeing the character's hand, right okay. Right now we're only showing the character's hand waving, mm -hmm. I want to show the whole body instead. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a big change because we have to move it into place. You could probably save the wave animation, but what's the rest of the body doing? Do you want it to animate? Do you want it to move? Do All you right, want it to dance? As the animator, I have to say that that depends on how the person animated it. <laughs> Ooh, because sometimes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because there are definitely times where like, you know, to save time and money, right. like people will cut corners in terms of like, if there's an animation and the, it, the camera cuts off at a certain point, you might only animate like just the wrist or you might only animate. You might not have animated the whole thing. You might not yeah, have animated yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And so that it's a, that's a note for animators. There's a, a practice that my mentor yeah. taught me that was just like, 
you know, if at you least have, yeah. at least imagine that the, the body still has some animation. Apply some animation to all parts of oh, the body. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's, it's like if you're doing a shot from the waist up, like okay. I still will animate a little bit of the legs mm. so that I have some semblance of like understanding the point of gravity oh, of that the okay. character has. Yeah, so, that makes sense. And then if, so if the director is like, hey, can we pull this out? Can we show the whole body <laughs> instead? I've already got it covered. <laughs> so you're thinking ahead. I'm trying to think ahead. You yeah. definitely have to think ahead. Then. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. worth doing because you never know if, if a client might say something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, a, good like a Cub Scout. <laughs> 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 like the Cub Scout an, of a animation. animation badge <gasps> for the Girl Scouts? I would Scouts? love that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll make you one. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. All so right, you want to yeah. summarize here? Yeah. Let's go through a summary. So character animation can create a ton of engagement, which is always fun but only if the intention behind utilizing them is actually clear, yeah. right? So you should really work with creatives early on in the process to understand if characters are even necessary for your piece to begin with, right? Don't put in characters just for the sake of putting them in. Another thing to note is that the production workflow for character animation, it's a three-step process, right? It's designing, rigging, and then animating each character not just one. <laughs> so I'm going st to stop you there. Yeah. Just there's so obviously there's new tools, generative AI. Yep. That would only really take care of the design part. <laughs> and even then you probably have to alter it anyway. Right. So there's, you still have to rig, <laughs> you still have to animate. And yep. there are some tools that help you in animation through this, but but, but yeah. It's yeah. not there yet. It's a whole so, thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, so finally the biggest request that can increase your production cost when you're thinking about this is anytime you're adding new characters, anytime you're updating the story to include more character work, you want to add more character animation to your scenes, and then changing the character design later on in production. Yeah, mostly after we've already animated. Yes. I think at that point, you know, That's if we're the past one. the storyboard, I think at the storyboard phase, at least the way we do it, find place to change it that's why the storyboard is so critical and yeah. we'll do a whole episode on storyboards and what that means but yes yeah but yeah so we hope that information was helpful we hope it got you thinking about ways in which you can think about characters and incorporating them into your projects for your production costs mm -hmm. and keeping them in mind um if you have any questions about this especially like yeah please be sure to submit them we have a website with which you can do that a a website on, on the world what wide web yes we have a website it is openpixelstudios.com slash pod question <laughs> so stupid <laughs> here we are um yeah you want to talk about the tease yes the tease i haven't done a tease in so long because i feel I'm like we've been doing a lot we've been doing, been doing a lot of interviews, interviews. Yeah. yeah yeah so we just did our interview run but our next episode is another hack um we'll talk about all the ways to approach character animation that will save you time and money and money, money. <laughs> Want to save you on that money. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a big thank you as always to eMedia for producing this podcast. Our producer is Jackson Foote. Our music was created by Hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com. And now, we haven't said it in so long. Oh it's time. It's time. I know, I know one listener in particular who was very distraught that we hadn't said our catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> until this point again. Uh -huh. So uh, until next time, stay honest. Stay creative. Stay open. Thank you so much for listening and watching and stick around for a bad idea. For those audio listeners. See ya. Bye.
All right, we yeah, have we, a bad idea for you. We do have a bad yeah. idea. Uh, this is a classic for us. I'm pretty I sure I came up with this one. No, it was a hundred percent me. Wow. Yeah. So this happens a lot where we argue about who <laughs> came up <laughs> with the idea. This was yeah. definitely me. No, I am a billion percent sure that I came up with this uh-huh. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so here it is. <laughs> I'm going to start with the name. Fashion trash. <laughs> Not two things that you would put together normally. Not Fashion normally. trash. Yes. Yes. Okay. These are fashionable trash bags mm-hmm. to make you feel stylish when you're taking out the garbage. Yes. Now, this is why I said it, <laughs> It's a it, big it, problem for, for ladies. Well, see, that's why I believe it was my idea. Uh-huh. Because I was like, I don't like taking out the trash. <laughs> Right? That's something that I personally don't like doing. I have you take out the trash. I don't think anyone likes taking out the trash. No one likes taking out the trash. Not even the guys who work at the trash place (laughs) like to take out the trash. No one likes it. Sure, sure. But but it has to be done, right? It's an adult responsibility that no one wants to have. (laughs) So so why not, when you're on that walk to the trash bin... Why not look great while you're doing Why it? Why not look fashionable? Yeah. Yeah. So your neighbors will see you. They'll be like, oh. Look at that. Fashion. Look at that trash. It'll, it'll kind of look. <laughs> <laughs> look at that trash. Look at how pretty so, that trash is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful trash right there. So it's, yeah, comp- it's, it's compostable. Combo- for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have different prints on them. So you can mm-hmm. get like, you know, mm-hmm. polka dots or you can get like yeah. your. For some reason, if you want leopard print or yeah. s- like alligator scales or yeah, different fashion, kinds of prints, it can yeah. match your purse. So like while you're walking out the door you and you're can, taking out yeah, the trash, exactly. you can look fashion forward. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much that's like, it. That's, that's fashion straightforward. Trash. Yeah. It's geared I, towards, I've I think looked, it's- and it hasn't been done yet. It hasn't been done yet. Because so, no one cares that much about trash. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. You want to look fashionable when you're taking out your trash. We're going to get innovative on this. So. I mean, it's it's the next wave of, I don't know. Yeah. We look forward to seeing all your concept art about somebody walking fashion around with fashion trash. trash. <laughs> yeah. Fashion trash is for everybody. Yeah. Anyone can use it. Any design. You can get custom prints. Yeah. That's our new addition. The other benefit is that, you know, the terrible island of trash that's in the middle of what is it the atlantic or something yeah yeah um will look better <laughs> at least it'll look pretty at least, yeah 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 so when the satellite picture shows like we yes. we zoom in very that whirl, slowly that from, whirlpool of trash yeah it'll look nice it'll look great yeah we'll put yeah. a little uh, you, decoration no, on it we'll know uh we'll be able to catch criminals as well what? This, this, yeah this is a side note Wait, yeah because okay. we'll make a special line that says uh-huh. totally not a body in here <laughs> <laughs> and right. then who throws out a dead body in a nice trash bag exactly yeah y- exactly yeah. well no <laughs> are we making it easier for criminals to throw out the no tra- well, that's that's why we we trick them with well, they're compostable, so they're going to rip if you put a body in there. That's true. They rip just yeah, opening Yeah, if you them. haven't had compostable yeah. bags before, like, they're great, but they're they the are worst, so man. thin. Yeah. They're so thin, so you have to be very careful about how much weight can go yeah, into it. It's very bad. So in a way, yes, we're still catching criminals regardless. <laughs> <laughs> we're heroes with our fashion trash. We do want to compost our bodies, though. Let's just be clear about that. Oh, that's a whole other conversation we'll have yeah. on another day. Yeah. Yeah, because right. I'd love to get into that. For sure. I wonder if that's um, something crime junkies ever covered. Maybe. Like 
you know, was there ever someone who like composted bodies? Let us know about your crime related podcasts that you like listening to <laughs> because, yeah, we're uh, not addicted, but we're definitely like uh, into them. <laughs> we're addicted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was it. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for being yeah. a part of the podcast and being a part of the part of the engagement and yeah. the crew. Be sure to like, comment, like, subscribe. Comment, subscribe the usual. The I know you hate hearing that, but it, it does help us to it does help leave a, a review. Yeah. Um, and we've been growing and we're excited to see that. A lot so. of people listen to the podcast all the way through. Um, all the way through, yeah, which is a nice compliment. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of like the usual like two minutes that you'll see and then they're like, yeah, yeah I'm done. Yeah. Which I also understand because I'm a culprit of that as well. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of it. And we'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.